We're moving into Thanksgiving, the season of Thanksgiving. Look with me to Psalm chapter 103, the Psalm of Thanksgiving. As it says this, bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As we come to this conclusion of the harvest season, we're now in the season of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, friends, is a season. It's not just an event. It's not just a day. It is a season that we are now upon and leading up to Advent through the celebration of the birth of Christ. But Thanksgiving as a season is sometimes confusing for people because some people look at it as just a day or an opportunity to give thanks for the things that we have or the things that we may have received like health, family, even shopping. Some Some just rather avoid this season because there's furtive guilt, because this world is in great trouble. There's great pain and difficulty around us, and sometimes it's just easier to be quiet about thanksgiving. And yet the Word of God, the authority of the Holy Word that guides us not only in life now, but life eternal, gives us a clear explanation of lasting thanksgiving. Because it explains that it is exponentially beyond what we normally think is thanksgiving. Psalm 103 states this exception to the normal. And really what is exceptional about thanksgiving, about lasting thanksgiving. And the psalm answers two questions. These two questions are, what really is thanksgiving? What is it really? And second... What really should we be thankful for? And so this message is for you to know the answers to those two questions, to think it through, but for your own soul, and to share this with your loved ones, people around you, and for you to have a lasting thanksgiving. So what is thanksgiving? The psalm says that it is first And foremost, blessing God. Not just counting what he has blessed us with, but thanksgiving is blessing God. The psalm says, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why does the psalm begin this way? Because not only the Holy Spirit, but the psalmist as well is pointing to the exception. Thanksgiving is blessing God, not just listing how we think that he has blessed us. When we thank God, we normally think and thank him for the things that we have, our experiences that affect us, and we should. We really should thank him for those. 
But do we bless God? Do we bless Him for Him? Have we said that we are blessing you, O Lord, especially as we think about thanksgiving? The psalm says that we can bless God. The psalm says that He wants us to bless Him. The psalm says, come and bless God. That's why the psalm uses three exceptional words. Three words that explain the variant. Three words that explain the exception to normal. Three words that explain exceptional thanksgiving. And the first word is this, bless. Verse 1 says, bless the Lord. Please don't skip past this. Don't go by this quickly, by this opening invitation to bless the Lord, to just bless Him. You know, the word bless means to bend the knee before God, to adore Him, to show gratitude. But I want us to note this, that the word bless also means to cheer, to greet cheerfully, to greet and cheer God. The word translated in some of the versions that we have is often or sometimes stated praise. But it usually is not the correct word here because this word bless, baruch, actually throughout the scripture is to bless, to praise, and to cheer. And often, we often find also the word praise can be downplayed and seems to sometimes mean like a pat on the back or a high five or a, maybe a certificate of appreciation. Even sometimes in our church, and in the church in general, praise can mean sort of like, gee, God, thanks. But here, here the word blessed is to cheer God, to cheer Him by giving Him love, to cheer Him by humble joy in His presence, to cheer God by spending time with Him, appreciating Him, just marveling before God, to being in awe of him for who he is. So how? How do we bless God? You can't. You can't by giving him things because God already has it all. But the Bible does explain how we can do an exceptional thing. We can bless God by cheering him. Later on in Psalm 145, there is a tremendous set of verses that explains how we bless God. And I share this because this is my heart as well. We first bless God by a personal blessing. Psalm 145 says, I, I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever. Before listing all the things that even we may think that we're thankful for, before listing our problems, before listing our requests, it is time to come before and cheer the Lord privately. I, I bless you, Lord, for your love. I bless you for your faithfulness. I bless you for your purity. I, Lord, bless you for your holiness. I bless you, Lord, for your sinlessness. I bless the Lord. This is why Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your strength. The second way we bless God is by persistent blessing, not just a quick blessing, but persistently. The Psalm 145 goes on to say, every day, every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Not just once, not just on occasion, but persistently cheering God. Did you know that God calls us to cheer him persistently? He wants us to cheer him, to bless him. Third, we bless God by public blessing. Psalm 145 says, My mouth will speak your praise, O Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Friends, let's stop talking about the weather. Let's stop talking about politics. Because often we mix that with some of those things that are not so much a blessing. But let's give God public praise for the weather and thank him publicly. Isn't this a beautiful day that the Lord has made, that God has made? And you notice I did not say that we should publicly praise necessarily for politics. But blessing, (laughs) blessing and cheering God is exceptional, but it's not natural. (laughs) It just is not natural. That's why the psalm says in Psalm 103, bless is commanded. We are commanded to bless him, but God does not command us to control us, but rather to guide us because he wants us to be intentional about spending time with him. He wants us to be intentional about thinking about him, to have time with him, to humble ourselves, to agree, to obey, and to simply bless him. And so I asked at the very beginning, what is Thanksgiving? What is this thing about lasting Thanksgiving? It first off is this, and foremost, it is blessing the Lord. There's a second exceptional word, and that is the word soul. We need to note this carefully, because lasting Thanksgiving is blessing the Lord, oh my soul. The psalm says this because it means not just a little of us, but all of us. The soul is that which is eternal. That is the most defining thing that we possess from God that defines and explains us, our soul. It can't be destroyed. It can't go away. It stands eternally in the presence of God, our soul, who we are. And it's what he changes for all eternity when we come to Jesus Christ by faith. We bless God and we cheer God not only with our wallets, not only with our jobs, not only with our stuff, maybe our own importance, our power, but mostly with our soul. Because we know that grace, the grace of God through Jesus Christ saved our soul not our stuff. We can't compare to blessing God when we bless him with our soul. So how do we bless God with our souls? It's interesting because the scripture says, bless the Lord. It begins with bless the Lord. 
And then he says, oh my soul, just as we bless the Lord for who he is, we can bless the Lord with who we are in Jesus Christ. We can bless him with our souls for what he has done with this soul to change it. We bless the Lord with our soul because he has changed us. Looking back, do you remember who you were? Do we remember who we were? We should. Looking forward, can we say who we are in Christ? We should. 1 Corinthians 6, the Apostle Paul lists who we were without Christ and who we now are, who this soul is now with Christ. Because he says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. And you now are justified in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessing God with our soul is recounting to him how he has changed us. How has he changed you? If you profess Jesus Christ as Savior, I encourage you, how has he changed your soul? If you are here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, has the one who has changed your soul, today is the day where you can call on the Lord and say, change my soul, O Lord, change my soul. I want lasting thanksgiving. You know, the scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, what he has done to change your soul. The third word is this. The third phrase is his holy name. Third, we bless, we cheer God for his holy name, his holiness. It's not just anyone who we're blessing. It's not just any person. We are blessing the Holy One, the one who is reserved above all others, the one who is set aside above all others, the one who is holy above all the others. He is the other. He is the one who is interested in us. He is the one who has pursued us. He is the one who wants us. He is the one who calls us, bless, bless me, your Savior. Bless the Lord for his holy name. And how do we do this? We bless him for that name that is above all names. And I want to suggest to you, bless him for the name of Jesus Christ. And that's why we can bless him by thinking through that one, first off, he is just. He is the one who is just. He is the one who is the justifier of anyone who comes to him. He is the one who deals justly with evil. There is no one just like Jesus Christ. He's eternal. He's the everlasting God. We'll sing maybe in a few weeks at Christmas time, or per the words of Isaiah chapter 9. He is the everlasting God. Third, he is sovereign. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one sovereign like Jesus Christ. He is unique. He is the unique Son of God. John 3.16 very clearly uses that word. The only begotten, the unique 
one of God. There is no one who, like Jesus Christ, is righteous, yet reconciling, sinless, yet saving us. God in the flesh, but gracious enough to get in the grit of our dirty existence. There is no one who is unique, the only begotten Son of God like Jesus. And last, He is the Savior. He is the Savior. This is the apex of who Jesus Christ is. This is the apex of His holy name. He is the Savior of all people who know Him, and He is the Savior of all people who He is drawing to Himself, for He draws all people to himself. There is no Savior like Jesus Christ. So what is lasting thanksgiving? It is third of all, bless his holy name. So normal living just sort of says, yeah, gee, God, thanks. I really appreciate it. High five, God, thanks a lot for all the goodness you have given me. And perhaps I have been there, and many of us may have been there as well. It's true, he has blessed us. But the exception to normal living is lasting thanksgiving. I encourage you today. I encourage you this week. I encourage you in this season of thanksgiving. Sit down. Write down. Think and pray. And go over with the Lord. And bless Him. Cheer Him for who He is. Cheer God for his, for the soul that he has changed, and cheer God for his holy name. And write down those ways, even as you spend time with him. Lasting thanksgiving is first off to bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So, what's the second question? It's this So, what really is thanksgiving? What really should we be thankful for? Look at verse 2 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The psalm lists the benefits, or literally the acts of God's greatest blessings. And did you know this? The psalmist, through the Holy Spirit, ranks them in order puts them in order of the most important, beginning with the most important in verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first and the greatest of God's blessings because without forgiveness of all our sin, not just some of our sin, not just the sins that you remember, not just the ones that I said I'm sorry for, but all sin. Without forgiveness, we can't even progress. We can't even move forward. This is the greatest of God's blessings. Psalm 103 was written at the height of Jewish temple worship, where thousands of burnt sacrifices ran through that brazen or that brass altar Daily. And yet in the muddle, in the confusion of all that was going on in that temple, and in those inadequate sacrifices, 
God's first blessing was this. That he said he has already forgiven all sin. It had already taken place because he says he continues. And actually the word in the original is an active participle. He continues to forgive sin. And all sin was forgiven because the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, Christ the Messiah, he was already slain from the foundation of the world for all sin. But we, we here, and we other, our friends, must recognize that we must receive, receive his forgiveness. And that's why I plead with you. That's why leaders here and the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, pleads with you. Come, come to Jesus Christ. Bring your friends, bring your enemies <laughs> to Jesus Christ and receive his forgiveness, for his forgiveness is complete. It's very interesting as well that forgiveness of sin is coupled with healing diseases. The Scripture says, for he heals all your diseases. This is not just mere parallelism. This is not just a nice allegory, a nice way of saying it. It literally means sicknesses. He took away our infirmities. He healed all our diseases, is what the New Testament and the book of Matthew says about Jesus Christ. God's first blessing of forgiveness lifts sin, removes, washes, changes the corruption and the corrosion of sin in my life, my body, and yours as well. And I want to tell you, it lifts the burdens of sin that are caused by my poor behavior. Now, I don't want to trivialize. I don't want to say that there is nothing about our sicknesses or pains, nor do I want to wish away physical sorrows by false promises of complete physical healing. I can't do that, friends. And yet the scripture says, if we are burdened by sin, and the very things that we bear sometimes in our own bodies, if we are longing for forgiveness of sin, if we are sick in body or soul or both, then it is time to come to him Come and call on him. Skeptics cannot insist that he take away the burdens of body and soul without coming to him. Come, come to him. Because he does forgive and he can heal. But the point that the scripture gives is that he does desire to not only heal these sicknesses, but to forgive. Forgiveness is the first and the foremost of all of God's blessings. The second is in verse 4. It's called redemption. Second greatest blessing of God's blessings. The scripture says, who redeems your life from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. Redemption means that God adopts all our problems. He takes 
us out of the pit or literally out of destruction where we were headed because of our problems. Redemption is second or after forgiveness because someone could easily say, oh, okay, God, you can forgive all the sin you'd like because you've got so much wealth. You've got so much capacity. You can do anything and you can just sort of look the other way, can't you, God? Almost like an insurance agency that has a lot of money where someone would say, ah, it doesn't hurt if they lose a little bit of money through fraud. But God does not redeem because he's rich. When he redeems your life from destruction, it means he adopts. He adopts that which was being destroyed or going through destruction. He adopts and he takes on the debt. He takes on the sin and becomes sin for us. And that which was leading to destruction, he accepts us. Adoption, redemption is taking it all as his own. He redeems us. Redemption adopts all the person, crowns us with grace. You know, it makes a wonderful love story that he marries us. He takes us out of what we were failing in relationships or failing in our own choices, and he marries us. And it's like the love story that you've always wanted. And you find it in the book of Ruth, where we learn of that one who redeems and takes in marriage all of our sin. Redemption is the second blessing. And the third blessing is this, verse 5, who satisfies us with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Satisfaction, satisfaction is the third of God's blessings. First, forgiven. We must start with forgiveness in receiving God's blessings. Secondly, he personally redeems us. He personally adopts us. And the third is this. He satisfies us with good things of a forgiven life. The third blessing is because he loves us and he gives good gifts. Now, many people would prefer to say, oh, okay, God will satisfy me with good things and then I'll follow you. Or many would prefer to say, oh, yeah, take my wallet and fill that. Or fix my job. Or fix my prestige. Or fix this country. Or my families or even a church. Well, admittedly, those are not bad things to ask for. But we are sadly mistaken, friends, to assume that they are the cause and the reason for being satisfied. Unless we have experienced God's first blessing, forgiveness, unless we have redemption and adoption from our broken lives, then and only then can we know what it is to be satisfied, satisfied by what God says is good. And that renews us, revives us, refreshes us, relivens us like an eagle in its strength. So how, how does he satisfy us with what is good? The answer is in plain sight. 
It's in plain sight of the very psalm that we began reading. And it's at the very beginning of the psalm. This is not circular reasoning, but this is a perfect circle. It is the very thing that he said at the very beginning. It is first the Lord. It is second my soul. And it is third his holy name. How does he satisfy us with good? He satisfies us with good with those things. First the word and the Lord satisfies anyone with Himself. Scripture says, catch this, catch this, delight yourself in the Lord, in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Are you seeking satisfaction? Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be multiplied to you. Second, the Lord satisfies you with a transformed soul. The more and more he transforms the soul by salvation, by changing us, the more he satisfies this person. He satisfies this life. Jesus offered an exceptional promise when he said, I am the bread of life. Come to me and you will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, satisfied. Third, he satisfies you by his holy name. You know, his first and his primary quality, his characteristic is holiness, his holy justice. God will not put up with our sin. He will not put up with anyone else's sin, but he will deal with our sin And evil because he is just. But his primary action, his primary action is his holy love. He will never stop pursuing, never stop providing, never stop protecting us to come to him. This season of Thanksgiving, don't get confused. Don't water down Thanksgiving. Begin and continue the legacy of lasting Thanksgiving by answering, really, what is Thanksgiving? It is that you and I can bless and cheer God. We can bless the Lord. We can bless Him. And we can bless Him for who He is, bless Him with our soul, And we can bless him because of his holy name in Christ. The second answer for this Thanksgiving is we can be redeemed. His blessing is redemption. His His blessing is forgiveness. His blessing is redemption. His blessing is satisfaction. And he provides all these desires. Because we come to Christ. And so I urge you, I urge you who are listening, I urge you who are here, I urge you as you connect with friends, frenemies, and even enemies, (laughs) come to Christ, come to Christ for the lasting thanksgiving that He provides because Bless the Lord, 
He is the one who we bless. And so I ask you to stand with me if you can. Please stand with me as we recite together the verse that you see, the verses that you see on your screen from Psalm 103. As we speak that together out loud, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And Lord, we come before you because we recognize that we ourselves have often sought those things to say thank you for. But Lord, we now come before you in honesty and readiness to bless you, to bless you, the Lord, to bless your holy name. Lord, give us greater thanksgiving because we recognize that you gave forgiveness, you gave redemption, you gave satisfaction because of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless you, we cheer you, and we thank you. And we praise you in your holy name. Amen and amen.